from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Carly. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. Today we are going around the world in III and going to be talking about idioms from around the world that we don't use here and might sound weird to us. We're going to be talking about why I was wrong about cell phones. And we're also going to talk about why I led you astray in a previous episode. Wow. This is just an episode of apologies. I know. Not mine. (laughs) I'm not sorry. (laughs) So before we get to your two segments where we might lose fans because you've led them astray so much, let's, while we can, go over some fan mail we received. Oh, Yes. The pigeon arrived. Okay. Yeah, finally. Came in the studio. Once again, Birdman is with us. His impact. (laughs) So the first bit of fan mail comes via Twitter from our fan, Cassio Ferreira. Hi, Cassio. All the way from Brazil. Hello. We are international people. Hey, hey. I'm going to read his tweets because they made my life, not my day, my life. Mm, Okay. Cassio says, been listening to the podcast since day one and never Googled your faces. The beauty is beyond. Cassio. There's more. Jamidra, just giving one side of her face because we cannot handle everything. (gasps) Hashtag too gorgeous. He he captured you right there. Right, Mm because you know I got the the side profile. You got to give the profile. (laughs) Tyra taught me. Like Mm -hmm. an American eagle. That is the first time that I have ever been compared to an American (laughs) eagle. You are a national treasure. (laughs) Hello. Carly, serving the tea in that profile pic slaying everything between heaven and earth. Oh, my mm. goodness. I believe he's referring to my Twitter name, at Teacup in the Bay. Mm. Slay. Mm. Ooh, maybe at Teacup in the Slay. Can you change it? <laughs> I'm not changing my brand. <laughs> and finally, what can I say about someone named Emmanuel besides, Lord, come and save me, hashtag holy. Mm. Oh, my. Hallelujah. Um, so thank you, Cassio, for writing those amazing tweets. It made my day. I'm thank sure it made you, your days. Your Maybe check. we shouldn't do an episode in Brazil. Hey, if you hey. want to invite us, rent a church hall or something, we will come. I think there's other venues in Brazil. <laughs> I think we have to play a church hall. But they have good acoustics, you know. Yeah. Thanks, Cassio. Your check's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so Cassio's not the only one to send us her name is Alison Anzalone, and she comes from Australia. Hello, Alison. We are international. Hey. And she says, quote, frog in a sock is a common phrase in Australia. Love sweating like a bag of cats at a greyhound meet and carrying on like a pork chop. Carrying on like a pork chop. So I'm not completely certain that I know what that means, but I am completely certain that I will use that yeah. in the future. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't remember, the frog in a sock reference came in relation to Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, now divorcing, apology (laughs) video for sneaking Amber Heard's two Yorkshire Terriers into Australia, which apparently has some very strict quarantine laws. Mm -hmm. And the Australian Minister for Agriculture was pleased that the video was, and I quote, going off like a frog in a sock. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so that inspired me. to do some research about idioms from around the world. And I've made a little quiz for you guys. Mm -hmm. So I will tell you what the direct translation is, and then I'll give you three options, and you pick what the true meaning is. Oh, I'm into it. So first up, hang noodles on someone's ears. This is Russian. 
Options are A. Trying to trick a friend B. Making fun of someone behind their back C. Trying to get someone to lighten up God, that's really hard Again, say it again So So we have trying to trick a friend Mm -hmm. Making fun of someone behind their back Or trying to get someone to lighten up Uh, B. Hang them on to I would say A. Jamidra for the win Trying to trick a friend. That's confusing. <laughs> Listen, don't you try to hang noodles on my ear. I can see <laughs> what you're trying to do. I'm just, I'm going to incorporate all of these into my daily life. Wonderful. Okay, this next one is Petit Chuchu. Don't at me, French people. <laughs> it means little cabbage. You got the French embassy on the phone, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it means little cabbage, and it okay. could signify one of these three things. A, newborn baby. Okay. B, a smelly person. Ooh. C, teacher's pet. Little cabbage. Petit choo-choo. Mm-hmm. I would have guessed like little train or something. Oh, that would be cute. Choo-choo. <laughs> I'm trying to, I don't get the connection between cabbage and teachers. So I'm going to I mean, say. potentially there isn't one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That one. Could be why. I did make a lot of this up 30 minutes ago. So. Petit choo-choo. I'm going to go with the with the newborn baby because it just sounds cute like I can't see petit choo it'd be mm-hmm. an insult like oh you're such a petit choo yeah. like you just <laughs> uh, a je conquer with uh, Madame Le Jemidra well I hate to tell you guys you're both wrong it oh. means teacher's pet <gasps> okay so French people at us I need to know what the cabbage <laughs> and the teachers have in common because I don't know I don't get it okay Thai people say The hen sees the snake's feet, and the snake sees the hen's boobs. Boobs? Boobs. Okay, so snakes have boobs. Good to know. What do snakes look like in Thailand? The snake sees the hen's boobs. The snake sees... Okay. So your options are... I'm so confused already, even before the options have been on the, laid on like the table. A, it sounds like something my grandmother would say. It sounds like a southern term, so I mm-hmm. think I might be able to get it. Okay, let me see. Well, maybe she's from southern Thailand. Okay. Yeah, that famous southern Thai crossover. <laughs> A, imagining that someone has bad intentions when they don't. B, seeing the best in someone. C, knowing someone's secret. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it could be anything. Uh, B. I'm going to go with A. Both wrong. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you learn something from this? Oh. What is it? Knowing someone's secret. And the secret oh. is boobs? The secret is boobs and feet. In Kazakh, there's a phrase called, I see the sun on your back. Options are, A, something you say to someone you think is going to break up with you. B, something you say to someone who is hiding how they really feel. C, something you say to someone to express gratitude. Oh, Um, I see the sun on your back. I don't see C. I see it being either A or B. So someone who's going to break up with you or someone who is... Hiding how they really feel. Oh, it's quite lyrical. I'm going to go with A. It's someone who's going to break up with you. It's, just, it's quite poignant. Mm-hmm. Makes me think of Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Don't let the sun go down on me. I won't That's bite. the hold music for Jameter's answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with A. Also. Both wrong. Something you say to someone to express gratitude, and then the translator had like their own quote that encapsulates all that this means. Okay, he I says, quote, quote, 
Thank you for being you. I am alive because of your help. Ooh. All of that in this. No, so. I don't get that one. No, because the sun with your back to me symbolizes that somebody is leaving, right? Well, it should, but it doesn't. Oh, okay. Do you think somewhere in Kazakhstan there's a podcast that they're recording with phrases from America? (laughs) Yeah, and being really rude about it. Probably. (laughs) The Spanish say to give the pumpkin. Mm. Options are... I can go a whole lot. I was going to say, getting a little bit hot in here. To give a curfew, A. Okay. B, to give it to someone, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. C, to stand someone up. So I can see, so to give the pumpkin, I'm thinking about a Cinderella reference, right? So I I went there immediately. But is Cinderella Yeah, that's not what I'm saying, right? So that may not be the case. Then the other one was to stand someone up. Like, girl, he gave me the pumpkin. I was used to be Mm. good. At 8 o'clock, gave me the pumpkin. (laughs) Then, this is how I, this was me during SATs. This is what my voice (laughs) sounded like. Out loud. You're like, so see. <laughs> and then B, I could see people being like, girl, he gave me the pump kick. Mm-hmm. So I can see that also. Oh, oh hang on, hang on, hang on. Right. I'm just going to pull it back here. If if indeed it is a phrase from Le Sexy Times. Le Sexy Times. What is the pumpkin intended to, to An engorged. So, see, I, I saw it as like a play on words, like the pump kick. Yeah, but it's in Spanish. It'll be a so. different. <laughs> Oh, okay, so I'm just going to go with the standing someone up because I don't understand it, and I'm just okay. going to go with the one I least understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think Cinderella's a thing in Spain. Or maybe it is. Okay, I'm going to go with Cinderella. Jimeter has this one. Oh, okay. Yes! Yes, Gaga! He gave me the pumpkin. See, again, that's the SAT <laughs> training. Process of elimination. Go with the one you don't understand. Oh, oh, oh. I'm really sorry. Can I be very obnoxious and just pause the quiz for a second? Because I want to share with you my favorite ever newly discovered Australian idiom. Hit us. You're not the only one who can do Googling, Emmanuel. Apparently not. The phrase is, I'm not here to bleep spiders. Oh, okay. I don't think I've ever heard anybody. What do you think that means? Do you know what? When I find a spider in my house, I get a little piece of cardboard, make sure it crawls on it, and I take it outside. And so I would say in any apartment or any space that I'm in, I'm not here to beep spiders. I'm here to free them from that, captivity. So and that's true. what it means. So you're saying that it means I am a gentle spirit. I do not yes. harm. Yeah. yeah, I'm like Luna Lovegood. Okay. So what, I am. what do you think it means to me? Mm, I'm going to go with Emmanuel's thing. I'm not here to kill a spider. <laughs> Can we just say that? Alas, no. <laughs> It basically means, duh. Duh. It means, uh, what do you think I'm here for? The usage would be, say, if you go to a bar and your friend in Australia says, uh, so do you want a bit? And you say, oh, well, I'm not here to boop, spiders, am I? That's how you say it. Uh-huh. It's like, duh, or I already did that, or obviously. Anyway, no. I'm really sorry to just break up the quiz. Back to the quiz. In Latvian, there's a phrase that translates to... To blow little ducks. Oh. <laughs> so your options are. Oh. A to Latvia. <laughs> a to be inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. B to bully someone smaller than you. Mm. C to lie. To blow little ducks. I mean, we just call them ducklings. Oh. Uh, I'm gonna go with B. Okay. I think it's just to bully someone smaller. Running than up yeah, on yeah. ducks like. <laughs> <laughs> Pick on someone your own size. Pick on a full-grown duck. Pick on a mallard. (laughs) Yeah, ducks. 
Um, that's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ducks. What you said, the question was. Yes. Yes. Ducks. <laughs> Uh, a bullying, bullying tiny ducks. You've just lost. No! Oh, no. oh my God, I am so sorry. Oh. Both wrong. It is to lie. You are blowing little ducks mm-hmm. out here. So because we're running out of time, I'm going to run some by you that we didn't have time to get to. But there will be a quiz online at KQD Pop. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So head over there, learn a lot. And if you're ambitious, maybe you make it a drinking game. Hmm? Sure. So apparently in South Africa, instead of saying it's raining cats and dogs, they say it's raining old women with clubs. (laughs) The rain is vicious then. (laughs) And it's also vicious in Norway where they say it's raining troll women. Oh, they just love trolls in Norway, though. Come on. What the hell? Sounds misogynistic to me. Um, And in Portugal, they say it's raining frogs beards. Again with the frogs. Frogs. (laughs) Like a frog in a sock with a beard. Raining with a beard with some hands, yeah. uh, well-endowed hands. Well-endowed hands. Old women clubbing. Right. All of that. If you ever want to shade someone in Croatian, mm-hmm. you can say... It's on my bucket list. <laughs> you sing like an elephant farted in your ear. Oh, my God. If you want to say you're really drunk in Mexico, you can say, I'm fart. I oh. am fart. Like, no. I'm bleep-faced. Oh. Yes. You could even say, I'm sharp. Depending. I didn't read that anywhere, but I'm sure you could. So there you go, people. You, sir, are a gentleman and a scholar. Yes. I'm a scholar thanks to Allison Anzalone, our fan, who wrote about the frog in a sock on Twitter. And also, obviously, thanks to Cassio for calling us all gorgeous and stuff. Oh, wonderful. Hey, Cassio. So that's your bit of fan mail for this episode. Honestly, if you send us anything, we'll probably read it. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, just make it really nice. Compliment us and rate us on iTunes. So, folks, I think you recall a couple of episodes back, I I went off on one, like a frog in a sock, about a certain pet peeve of mine, a certain bugbear, which is cell phones. The way that they have invaded every aspect of my life. Of your life, in fact. When I take a phone into a bathroom now, I think of you. Thank you. <laughs> so nice. I love those photos you're sending me, by the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> If you could just stop sending so many. Right. And to your husband, too. It's a little inappropriate. Ah, I know. know. (laughs) Your husband's next, Jamita. (laughs) Hide your husbands. Hide Hide your wives. Hide your husbands. Mm -hmm. So you recall this? Yes. You recall how impassioned I was? I would say you were adamant. Oh, yeah. There was a soapbox in the room, I recall. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to backtrack on all of that. (laughs) Rewind. (laughs) Guys, I need to issue a retraction. Oh, no. I was too hasty. And I need to explain my road to Damascus moment that I had here. (laughs) And it was at the reopening of the new San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. Okay. SF MoMA to me and you. So I go along. It's opening day. It's great. It's fantastic. There's so much art on the walls. Everyone, virtually without exception, walked around clutching... Their cellular cellular devices. Taking pictures all the time. They were taking pictures of the art. They were taking selfies in front of the art. It was almost like they weren't walking up to a painting and then snapping it. They were just doing it straight away. They were walking around Mm. with the phones out, right? So you'd think, oh, this is really grinding my gears. And obviously last week, I spoke a ton about like how it really irritates me that we can't divorce ourselves from cell phones. But 
after this trip to SF MoMA, I think I'm oversimplifying this. Have you heard the notion that the things you criticize most about other people are actually the things you hate in yourself? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Because this is a bit of a therapy session. So let's, yes. just, let's roll out the couch, Carly, lay down. You're in a safe space. It's, if, you, <laughs> if you've never heard this notion, it's so true. The things you, you really attach on and you hate in other people, they're actually the things you hate about yourself. Because as I walked around SF MoMA, tutting and shaking my head and going at all these people, I realized it was because I wanted to be doing it myself <laughs> so badly. You wanted to be snapping photos? I wanted to have my phone out. And so you were suppressing the like I urge to do it. I wished it down like a frog. Interesting. It drove me crazy. So I realized it's too easy to scoff and to dismiss our really close relationships with phones now because it's not about the phone. It's actually the urge to document and memorialize everything that you do. I really wanted you guys, you two sitting mm-hmm. in front of me to know that's where I was. I wanted you to know I was at SF MoMA and I wanted you to see what I was seeing. And I thought, this is such a big change in the way we live our lives. And I can't believe I just glibly glossed over the whole thing mm. by dismissing it and saying, oh, we take our cell phones into the toilets. How embarrassing. It's so much bigger than that. So I want to ask you guys, when you pull out your cameras, what's in your head? Usually when I'm taking a picture, it's because A, I want to like capture a memory to look at later. Or B, I want to share it. Like, I want to share it with people who aren't there. And I'm like, hey, check this out. Look at this. Or whatever the case may be. And when I'm out, it's like, for me, I feel like there's a choice. Like, I can't work both things at the same time. Either I'm, like, all into the moment and I'm experiencing it. Or I'm, like, half experiencing it and taking photos or taking video. And so there are moments where I'm, like, after the fact, I'm, like, oh, I really should have recorded that. Ah, But at the time, I'm, like, I don't really want to record this. Like, when I was at the Rihanna concert, I was, like watching all these phones glowing around me and taking video. And I was like, I can't do it. Like, I'm focused on her. And then after it was over, I saw these videos on on Facebook and, and, and you like Instagram. It. And I'm like, damn, I should have took a video. You should have done that. Yeah. But in the moment, I'm just like, ah, nah. Hmm. Nah. Emmanuel, how about you? What goes through my mind differs depending on how insecure that day I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if I'm feeling really insecure, it might be, oh, I want to take a picture of this and post it on Instagram because I haven't gotten validation today or something. But I've, in recent months, asked the question that you just asked us before I post something or take a picture and deal with my phone at all, is why do I want to take this picture? Is it because I want to look over it later and be like, oh, I was there and experienced this or I saw this beautiful thing? If so, that's okay. If I'm at a concert and want everyone else to know I'm there and that's the only reason, I'm not going to let that get between me and the moment. So at concerts, I usually don't take photos. I'll take like one and then I'm like, okay, got my shot. Hmm. Now I'm going to be here and present. So I'm trying to be healthier about it and make sure that the reason isn't about other people Hmm. and more about, you know, appreciating something. Because when I go through my Instagram now, I'm like, oh, my God, I remember that moment. Oh, I remember that trip, Hmm. whatever. And it's like a scrapbook. And so if it's a scrapbook moment or like a mood board moment, like this is just beautiful and I want it in my life. Mm hmm. Um, then I'll include it. And I'm a Libra. I love beauty. So that's what I... That you do? So did you know that there's a word for the whole, like, I'm not feeling great today. I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to post it. And there's that, like, you know, oh, I'm having such a bad hair day. When you know your hair doesn't look that bad. Humble Uh brag? Humble brag, yes. I love humble brag. But they're called thirst traps. Yes. I just learned this listening to the read. Shout out to the read. Thirst traps. 
because you're thirsty for the likes and the validation. Well, this is my theory. And the reason that I'm returning to this topic, by the way, and the reason that I'm harping on it is because I think it's really, really important. And it's too easy to dismiss it the way I did. They're like, the way we live now, isn't it terrible? That's too easy. I think it's big for two reasons. Number one, we are now aware of ourselves as public people. Every time you take a photo, Mm. you have the ability to broadcast yourself to potentially millions. And we didn't used to have that, right? We didn't used to have mass media. Like, you did not know what was going on across the world or even, like, 50 miles to the west. You just didn't get to find out about that. So, like, a long time ago, the only really, really famous people, right, were, like, royalty and the idea that you, in your little home and your little tight-knit community, and that you would be known about and talked about across the world, as you can be today. Like if a photo goes viral, if your story gets big, you can be known by people that you will never, ever meet. And that idea would have just been unthinkable, like hundreds of years ago. The idea that you would become as famous as like a world famous explorer or a king or a queen Mm -hmm. or a famous warrior or something like that. So like you hear people saying that like everybody wants to be a celebrity these days. And it's like it is true that the only people who used to feel like they were being watched constantly were famous people. But now we all feel like we're being watched constantly, which is why you take that photo and why you put it up, because you feel like the weight of expectation. It's crazy. Like we never used to feel like that. The only person you used to have to worry about watching you constantly was like God. (laughs) that is watching what's weird is that when you don't post regularly anymore people expect a constant flow from all of their friends and when you're not posting people think you're depressed or something's wrong with you and they check in they're like like, where'd you go where'd you go you haven't instagrammed in a while yeah Yeah. people don't love me (laughs) nobody is hitting me like you haven't (laughs) it's because you're private it's just a manual sent from heaven Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's reason number one You're now a public person. You Mm. never used to be, and now you are. Reason number two, you get to be your own author. And I'm going to go quite utopian here, right? I think that's amazing. Like, (laughs) What a turnaround this is. It really is. You're like, phones are the greatest thing ever. I'm writing my own story. Obviously, there's a ton of implications that (laughs) are really dangerous. That's for next podcast episode. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I'll retract the retraction. Yeah, we'll get to that. Exactly. However, like... You didn't used to have this option. You literally used to have to put pen to paper to document yourself, whether it's like a diary or a journal or something. And not everyone used to have time or even the access to the pen and paper. Okay, but listen, are there negative implications to that? Oh, yeah. I definitely think I feel like there are a ton of people who are striving to live the life that they have authored for themselves <laughs> on social media. Like I recently went to a conference, which was really interesting because there were tons of women who were like social media mavens and what, and they're sort of like in that niche of, um, what do they call it now? Lifestyle. Lifestyle blogger. Lifestyle, goopers. Like, yeah. yeah. They're goopers essentially. Yeah. And the, 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 like the interesting thing was a lot of them talked about like anxiety and depression. And you about gotta keep like, up the facade. And about how they it's have being like, watched. Yeah, feel, it's it's anxiety inducing. And so I was like on like on Instagram and on YouTube and on Twitter. They're like all glossy and perfect and pretty. But mm-hmm. you know, at home they're like, let's check it out. I'm just I'm not having a great day. But they don't publish that part of it. And mm-hmm. exactly. most people don't. Exactly. Hmm. So like the super positive view is like it's amazing. Everyone gets access to like writing their own memoir. Basically, they get to do it through photos. They get to do it through blogs. And this did not used to be the case. You did not used to hear about like the audio 
ordinary folk. Like that's why most of like the stuff we know about people back in the day, they were very rich. Yes. <laughs> they had access to that. So it's kind of amazing. Like now we're all Medici's. Yeah. Amazing. You, are. you know what? Something just dawned on me. When history looks back on this time, they're gonna think we were all living. We were all like- superstars. <laughs> Because that's the way we author ourselves. And authoring your own story is not only the preserve of the privilege now. That's kind of amazing. I would like to add a caveat. All of this is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting whiplash. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But like, okay, aside from the fact that there are billions of people on this planet who do not have the privilege of filling up their camera roll with selfies in front of monuments because they don't have a camera or they don't have a phone or whatever. Mm. Like, what is this obsessive documenting doing to the way we live our lives? What is it doing? They've done studies where they try and get you to remember something, right? And then, so they'll tell one half of the group to remember something without taking a photo of it. And Mm -hmm. they'll tell the other half of the group, take a photo of it and then try and recall the details. And if you're documenting it at the same time, you cannot remember with such clarity. Your memory doesn't work as well. I feel better about... I feel better now about not taking pictures when I'm like trying to immerse myself in some kind of experience. So that's an that's an issue. Our memories are slowly dying. So we need to watch out for that. We need to watch out because we're not careful. This utopian dream is going to turn sour. Okay, Mm -hmm. we need to be truthful about what we're sharing. We can't just document the best bits. It's like you were saying at your conference. Mm -hmm. Everyone presents the glossiness and the wonder. But I do want us to think deeply about this because this is like a new way that we think about ourselves. And that we capture ourselves and it's changing the way we live in the world. And I think for me to have just dismissed that blindly as people taking their phone to the bathroom too much, <laughs> that was too much. So I'm, I'm a big woman. I can admit when I'm wrong. Now people can cancel that petition on whitehouse.gov. It was gaining traction. <laughs> that were like, take away Carly's cell phone. She doesn't deserve it. Yeah. So in closing, be grateful for this amazing piece of technology that you have access to and go forth and document yourself. I'm going to document you right now. Hello. There you go. Strange how a phone call can change your day. Take you away, away from the feeling of being alone. Bless the telephone. Okay, so... We got a lot of apologies today because I, too. (laughs) What have I done? I, too, uh, have a bit of apology. So listeners of the show may remember a few episodes ago, I handed out some advice Mm -hmm. in which I suggested that if you are not able to see Hamilton on Broadway, that you maybe perhaps watch Carmen the hip hop bro mm-hmm. starring Beyonce and Most Def. <laughs> I do recall that. Do you recall that? Okay. So I was able to see Hamilton the musical recently. Oh my gosh. You're a one percenter now. Oh my really gosh. Are. I had been to the mountaintop. So now you're like, <laughs> Carmen is a piece of garbage, burning garbage, and only watch Hamilton. And How if you can't see it, for you. now I have Sorry. a silk smoking robe and a pipe. It's just, <laughs> it happens oh immediately. When you leave, they just hand one to you. It was amazing. I don't expect you guys to be like, it was amazing because you haven't seen it. Because before I saw it, I was just like, okay, it's Sounds fun. Yeah, thanks for reminding us we haven't it. seen it. Well, you'll, <laughs> you won't see it. In five years' time. <laughs> so I'm obsessed with it. I've been listening to the soundtrack, and I have like a few takeaways as to why I think it's so fantastic Ooh. and why. And the things that I learned, let's just say that. So let me just dive right in. Wonderful. Okay. So major takeaway. One, all political debates should be done in rap battle form. I mean, standard. I'm trying to think of the current people trying so, to be president rapping and who would win Pete. that. Like, 
Listen, Bernie, probably. Bernie, probably. you think yeah. so? Like, listen, every single time that Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton had a disagreement in the cabinet, guess what? Rap battle. Step to me. <laughs> Step to me. Right. So just imagine, like, picture it. Democratic debate. Bernie Sanders. Ghostwriter Drake. Oh, Hillary Clinton. Ghostwriter Nicki Minaj. <laughs> oh, that would be a battle to witness. I like how we both did that same wolf sound Ooh. for Drake. <laughs> wow. Yeah, fabulous. Trying to get the young people involved. This is how you get the young people involved. So anyway, like I said, next presidential debate, I need to see a rap battle. We'll make it Malia happen. Malia Obama? You hear that? You're, you yep. hear? Hello? Start practicing. I firmly believe we have the power to make this kind of thing happen. <laughs> I actually hope it's Sasha, to be honest. Really? She's my fave. She's the young song heroine. Two, more U.S. history teachers need to be integrating performance art, possibly rapping in the classroom, because I learned more in two hours sitting in Hamilton than I remember learning in high school, U.S. history class, Mm. which is, I don't know if that has to deal with the fact that I was passing notes most of the time, or maybe I was like doodling in my notebook. Either way, shout out to the cast of Hamilton for making Hamilton entertaining and educational. And it helped me remember a whole bunch of things that I forgot. Like, one, did you know that once upon a time, the runner-up in a presidential election became the VP? Didn't know. It makes sense, actually. Just like, so imagine what that... I knew it from our presidential segment. Oh, that's right. In our episode. It was a wonderful long segment. (laughs) Yeah, so if you like long segments about presidents, go find it. It's it's called God Bless Beyonce in America, too. Yes. Also, that Washington, D.C. is not in New York because of a little bit of a beef that James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and Thomas Jefferson had, which resulted in the Compromise of 1790, Hmm. which if I would have saw it performed in the way that they performed it in Hamilton, I might have remembered that from history class. Yeah. Yeah. So the Compromise was like, yeah, I guess we'll put it in a city that no one cares about. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll give you that so that I can establish banking systems. And by the way, before you tweet me, I'm from Maryland and went to college around D.C. (laughs) Just establishing your credentials there. It is just uh, from a place of love. You're hardest on the people you love most, you know? I've actually flown over Maryland, and so I think I know a lot about it. That was very Sarah Palin. (laughs) Can you see it from your backyard in Yorkshire? Yorkshire. Are you from Yorkshire? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, to your point about like people learning different ways, yeah. drunk history, watching that, oh, I retain a lot of knowledge God. from it that sticks. as well. So it's like, just make it pleasurable. And people will learn. Children yeah. will learn. Yeah. But okay. they're using it in classrooms, right? Are they? So I've heard yes. that they are using Hamilton in classrooms. Yes. I actually have a book that I will refer to as the Hamilton Musical Textbook, which I feel like should be in all schools. Oh, is that that gigantic tome? This is a gigantic book that I got from the play called Hamilton, the Revolution. And it's all about like oh the God. play from inception to like rollout to like now. You bought the merch. I bought it. And you brought it here. Yes. Just to be in its presence because you're not <laughs> even looking at it. <laughs> just this huge book with Stone like... Stone tablets. I just wanted to be close to it, guys. I'm a Hamiltonian now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She's crossed over. <laughs> Third, Hamilton apparently ups your cool factor. You hear that question mark? Factor? 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 Um, Musical? So- <laughs> History? Factor? Broad? Cool factor? So I don't know if you guys heard or read that um, Larry David oh, yes. comments. So basically, I'll summarize. Larry David basically said that he thinks that a lot of white people are pretending to like Hamilton mm-hmm. to up their cool factor. I have feelings about that. I'm not going to get into it. I think it might be a little insulting to people who actually like the play and then also the cast, but whatever. Mm. What I will say is that the next day while I was talking to an older white gentleman, 
who happened to be a Tony voter about Hamilton, he did use the phrase off the hook. (laughs) (laughs) In reference to the play. Yes, yes. To you. Yes, to me. (laughs) To you. And so I had to wonder if... Off the (laughs) hizzo. But he he said off the hook and then he gave me that look like, yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) He was like, like, I know slang. (laughs) Oh, God. He probably went home that night and thought, I think I impressed that yeah. lovely young lady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know slang. I, I'm, I'm with it. That showed her. <laughs> Another thing that I learned, the basic rules of duels are actually more civilized than Twitter beefs. Wow. So let me break this down. Okay. So in the play, they have a song called The Ten Dual Commandments, which is basically a play on Biggie Small's Ten Crack Commandments. So I'm in the audience and me and G are like, yes, this is Biggie. We look around again. Everybody else is like, I have no idea what this song is. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the Ten Dual Commandments. It's the Ten Dual Commandments. This is what you have to go through before you can even, like, get to the grounds to duel and beef. One, you have to attempt to squash the beef. Hmm. Okay? Okay. So you got to go to the person. You got to say, listen, let's squash it. Squash it right down. If that doesn't work, you and the person have to get a friend to go and talk about it and try to squash it. Okay. It's kind of an intermediary. Yeah. Yeah. So either they squash it like conflict managers. Do you guys have conflict managers in high school? No. That was an open thing. Everyone just fought. Yeah. This was... (laughs) (laughs) trying to keep us from fighting so you have to get a, two friends your friend that person's friend they have to talk about it if they can't squash it then they set a time for you guys to go and like actually have it out so then they negotiate a time and place you write a note to your friends and family or whatever you're like listen i'm gonna go to this place i'm gonna fight with this person mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be brb right? so they know where you are gone dueling so then you show up at the place you the other person and both of your number twos and a doctor who's there to help whoever gets Shot. Oh, my God. Right? There's no spontaneity right? to this. So then your two people go and they try to talk it out again. Like, listen, we're here now. It doesn't have to go down like this. Let's try to work it out. Everybody's tired. We've all had very busy weeks. Yes. Everyone's just a little bit frazzled. Exactly. Yeah. So if that doesn't work, then you take your 10 paces and then somebody gets shot. But hmm. think about if you had to do that before you tweeted somebody in all caps. Hmm. <laughs> I like that you think... Shooting someone <laughs> is more civilized than Twitter beefs. I don't know. Twitter beefs can get really nasty. Twitter beefs can get real. Azalea? Hi. Oh. Kanye? Yeah. Hello. So think about if Kanye or Azalea had to get another party to speak to the other person's party before they sent that first tweet. A designated Ooh. advocate. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's called a like PR agent. And they both need one. Exactly. Or a better one. And then last, Alexander Hamilton was un flinchingly gangsta. Huh. Oh, OG. So I will, OG. Tell. So Do I tell. will tell. In 1779, there were rumors circulating that he was having an affair and that he was mismanaging government funds. <gasps> Which is worse. Okay, right? And so he's in a cushy position. He's like, you know, one day I might want to run for president. So instead of like letting the rumors circulate and just like, I'm going to just ride this out, he wrote what became the Reynolds pamphlet in which he detailed the whole affair. Like, you think I'm cheating on my wife? You think I'm stealing money? Not stealing money. Cheating on my wife, though, with with the woman who is also married. And I paid her husband to keep him from telling y'all, but I'm going to just put it out there. Cheeky, cheeky. I'm going to just put it out there. He leaked his own story. He wrote his own story. He was like, you think you're going to come from my throat? Guess what? Give me the knife. You guys, he leaked his own sex tape. Leaked his own. He's the Ray J of his time. Control of his narrative. (laughs) That's the most offensive thing that anyone's ever said about Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> well, really. Two, two other random facts. 
he founded the Coast Guard and the New York Post. Uh-huh. So listen, you probably read something from the New York Post. If you're ever in the water and you need help, the yeah. Coast Guard is coming for you. He is all around us. So in closing, I deeply apologize for saying that Carmen could ever replace <laughs> or make you feel as mm. if. You're about to get stung by the beehive. It's been nice knowing you. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, I yeah. still love Beyonce, but listen, she is no Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> what? We're going to cut the segment now before she says anything else she would Carmen regrets. is no Hamilton. And if you'd like to contact Jamidra, she's now in witness protection and is no longer called Jamidra. She's called Becky. <laughs> So, guys, I also need to retract something. Oh, oh here no. we go. <laughs> we can't have more of these. This is the retraction episode. Can we just call this episode retraction? Retract, retract. now. Psych. <gasps> In the words of great philosopher Nene Leakes. <laughs> I said what I said. As and always. I'm not changing on it, okay? Okay. That's it. <laughs> and I'm standing by it. Oh, my. You punked us like Ashton Kutcher. I really did. I, I just regret nothing. Je regrette rien. Non, je ne regrette rien. You're like the Something Dowager like Countess. Never wrong. I'm never wrong. I wouldn't be familiar with the sensation. Oh. I love the way your voice quavers up and down like a teenage boy whose voice is breaking. Yeah. Hashtag puberty. Hashtag been there, done that. Hashtag it was really awkward. <laughs> Anyway, I'm here not to talk about apologies or retractions, but Solange Knowles's Snapchat. Mm. Whoa. You, Carly, mentioned SF Momo reopening. It did. It didn't need to because all I need is Solange's Snapchat for modern art in Ooh, my life. life. It's high art. It's indie. It is cutting edge. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is hyperbolic. Ex- explain. <laughs> Justify yourself. So every time I look at her Snapchat, I write down what happens. You have a a Solange Snapchat journal. (laughs) For this very purpose, because I knew I would talk about it here, because I knew you guys wouldn't take my word for it, that it's amazing. Well, that's true, because it disappears. Yeah, and because it disappears, if I miss Snapchat, like I forget to check it for a day, I feel like what we used to feel when we would miss a TV show and there was no way to record it. And you didn't mm. use a VHS tape or whatever, then you have to wait for like a rerun in the summer yeah. or something. Be like, I'm never seeing that episode of Buffy again. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know what I've missed. Her. I'm oh. sure she's done even better things than what I'm about to say. But here's what I've witnessed with my own eyes. Mm. Okay. She will have slow motion water droplets going into a bathtub. Oh. Glitter on her fingertips for no reason. Making a look out of dry cleaning bags. Full head to toe look. And it said, I'm going to be late to this function because I'm making looks out of dry cleaner bags. I'm trying to picture that. It's been a lot while since I'm. It looks like heaven. That's what it looks like. I've never been to a dry cleaner. (laughs) It's the like clear plastic things that go over your clothes. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Turning on and off a light while making a weird pose. Why not? Who is filming? Her. She's doing this while she's. Yeah. It's reverse camera. Yeah. Okay. Wrapping with her parents. Ooh, now I will And she watch... got them together, and they're divorced. You know this. I will watch Miss Tina and Mr. Matthew mm. engage in a rap. Speaking of Tina, Tina Knowles in New Orleans listening to Marvin Gaye and singing to Marvin Gaye on a balcony. Can she sing? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so generous. You're like, oh, it's wonderful. She can't sing. <laughs> but she's fabulous, though. 
She had a series of snaps that were history lessons of the culture and music that came out of her neighborhood in Houston, Third Ward. Mm. So I learned some things. Solange is just now getting her deserved shine. Like, she used to be Beyonce's little sister. People are just now starting to take notice that she's, like, flying her own right. And Mm. she's not in Beyonce's shadow. Flying at Jay-Z and elevators. Hello. Yes. And also, a lot of the things that she likes end up being appropriated by Beyonce. Like, Solange lives in New Orleans and is all in that culture. Lemonade is filmed all up in New Mm -hmm. Orleans and about New Orleans. The the wedding photos are are giving me, like, Lemonade vibes now that I think about it. See? See? Nothing's original. (laughs) Well, it is with Solange's Snapchat, though. I'll continue on with my list. Chilling in a car with Erica Badu. Okay, so you got me there. I'm I'm going to follow her now. That's all you had to say. Singing old school Madonna songs and Joni Mitchell songs in a car. Take a bow. The (laughs) night is over. I like that she went for take a bow. Yeah, she was listening to that. Mm. And then I listened to it like seven times in a row. I was like, I want to be like Solange. I want to be like Solange. I want to be like Solange. Please, 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 please. please. You think she'll sing any Prince songs as Madonna since Madonna? Stop. We don't have time for that. (laughs) This podcast is not two hours long. There was one snap where she was like, I'm hungry. I want a burger. Cool. And that's it. She was watching Pocahontas. She's in the studio working on new music, and you can hear snippets of it. That's exciting. And her husband and son choreographed a dance for her, and she snapped that. So cute. You also get to see a bunch of New Orleans. It's just amazing. And I'm not the only one who thinks so. People on Twitter agree. Are these testimonials you're about to Yep. (laughs) Twitter testimonials about Snapchat. (laughs) This is where we live. This is where we are. Yeah, exactly. Loved it. Four stars. Would visit again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At De La Fro... Says. Oh, yes. Oh. Anybody who has the, the handle De La Fro is already like a gem in They're in. Book. They're in. Says, ever since Solange has gotten a Snapchat, my skin has cleared up, my GPA improved, <laughs> my edges have been replenished. <laughs> yes. At Mercy Shukri says, Solange's Snapchat is the indie film starring a black girl we all deserve. Mm. At Fiji Water God says, doesn't believe in marriage and finds it repulsive, sees Solange and Alan on Snapchat. Wow. Love is a beautiful thing. Shout out to monogamy. Mm. Marriage goals. Converted. At Cammy loves Aubrey. Whenever I watch Solange's Snapchat story, I imagine that's what it's like to be completely at peace. Mm. Side note, I really hope that Cammy continues to love Aubrey for the foreseeable future. Otherwise, that's going to be an awkward at name change. Mm-hmm. At the Mango Emoji says, watching Solange's Snapchat daily is a form of self-care. Oh. I agree. So if you want to follow her, her username is not Solange. It's Nappy and Snappy. Oh. <laughs> Memorable. <laughs> um, your life will be better. Your GPA will improve, like the girl said. Okay. I'm your skin will clear up. clear up. So maybe yeah. I can yes. just like, I need some. You don't need expensive face creams. Nope. So I need Solange's Snapchat and we're all good. Yeah. Will I Glowing. feel taller? Yeah. Yes. Sweet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes to all. Wonderful. We're going to write out today on a Solange song called Losing You. Have you ever heard it? No. I'm going to hear it to think, you know. Tell me the truth, boy, am I losing you for good? I can't wait. Let's not wait a moment longer. <laughs>
thanks to our podcast papa, David Marcus. Thanks to Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs for our amazing theme song that you hear at the beginning of the show. Thank you to Howard Gelman behind the glass. And thanks to Jay Simpson for helping me edit. Please subscribe on iTunes. Also rate us if you like us. If you don't, um, you never heard this. Until next week, find us on social media. I am Excuse My Beauty without the first D on Twitter. I am at Teacup in the Bay. I am at Jimitra Says. Follow us. Favorite our stuff. Retweet. Bye. 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 Bye.